Grace and peace in Jesus. And I bring you greetings from sunny and warm California, from Napa, the Napa Valley, where this kind of stuff doesn't happen. And we use no wine for communion unless Wine Spectator gives it a 96 or better. I just made that up. It's a tough time to be a preacher. It's a very tough time to be a preacher. In this, this information age, this visual, technological, experiential time that we're living in. Because, because, you know, this aspect of ministry, preaching, it's about information. People come and, and we dispense information. But then you have to consider how much information is being dispensed. How much information is, is coming at us and coming at people every day like a tidal wave. I mean, think about it. I was looking up some of this online just yesterday. The amount of, of new, unique information that will be accumulated, it's estimated, this year is four exobytes. I don't even know what that is. Four exobytes? Well, well what that is is four times 10 to the 19th. That's four with 19 zeros. I don't know what that number is called, but it's big. And it's this it's more information than the previous 5,000 years combined. And, and, and YouTube, for instance, YouTube, pumping out 27 petabytes of information a month. What's a petabyte? That's 27 million gigabytes. All those images, all those visuals. And maybe you've heard this statistic that, that the New York Times, one week worth of New York Times is more information than the average person in the 18th century encountered in their lifetime. Or let's bring it closer to home. And, and, and you and me, the average person today when you, when you look at how light we spend our time and spend our life, it's estimated average person, now it's more for younger people, but the average person, 146 days out of the year spent just consuming media. And, and I bring my sermon into that. Ah, the, the good old days before all this information when a sermon, when a well-designed, well-crafted monologue would be like a glass of cool water in the desert. You know what it's like now? Like a spoon, like a, like a spoon of water in the ocean. I mean, just, just think of all the information that is coming into your life. And not just the classroom stuff, but from the culture. And, and think about how, how flashy, provocative, stimulating, interactive, and experiential a lot of it is. You know, it sure makes preaching seem kind of bland, you know? I mean, what makes me think that my 20-minute one-way monologue is, is going to even be noticed, let alone make a difference or be remembered. Spoonful. You know, there's some that even say today that the sermon, as we've known it, is dead. 
at least the one-way monologue variety, and especially among those whose, whose minds and thinking have been shaped by this onslaught of information, visual technology. It's a tough time to be a preacher, a very tough time. But it was a tough time in Corinth. It was a tough time for Paul as well, for similar yet different reasons that also had to do with delivery and how the information's being put out there. See, Paul was at a time when it was more like the well-crafted monologue. It was like that glass of cool water in the desert. People came to hear clever speaking, like entertainment, the well-crafted argument, the well-thought-out words and words of wisdom, as he put it in our text. You know this. The way we would go to a concert or, or, we, would, or we would go to a movie and to, to appreciate the craft of the musician or the, the filmmaker, so people went to, to hear oratory. And people were stumbling over the fact that Paul just <laughs> wasn't a major league orator. He didn't quite measure up with what you can get in the lecture hall down the street. And so they were, they were stumbling over the fact that, that when it came to that type of cultural form that they're, they're used to and they like, he just wasn't that good at it. It was weak. So it was, it was tough for, for preaching for Paul as well. But he had something to say about that, and that's what's in our, our, our text that we just heard. And it's something that I think speaks to us in our situation as well. And what he said to them, and I'm going to really, really loosely paraphrase it. He's saying something to the effect of, you know, I know, I know. I'll grant you, I, I am no Cicero, okay? I don't, I don't have the well-crafted rhetoric. I don't have the lofty words of wisdom. But you know what? I didn't come here for that. I didn't come here to impress you with that delivery. I didn't, that's not what I'm about. I'm not here about that, that form, that cultural form. I've got to use it because I want to communicate, but I'm not about that. I came here for the substance. I came here for, for, I came here for what, I, what I've got to give you. And I'm determined to know only Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what I'm here about. Because in that message is the power of God. As weak as it may appear, in that message is the power and the wisdom and the righteousness of God. That's what Paul's saying. In the message of Christ crucified is the power that provides what it proclaims. It's the information that delivers what it describes. It is the fruit of the cross spoken into our ears, our minds, and our hearts. The Spirit present to fill, renew, restore, and forgive. The message of eternal blessing that will far outlast anything. The passing wisdom of the age. Power in weakness. And here Paul's touching on a paradox, one of the many paradoxes of our faith and a really important one to grab onto as a preacher. True wisdom and what the world calls weakness. It's always been that way. It's always will be that way. Just as there's true power in the cross, 
and true glory in the shame of the cross. Power through weakness. And it's not just the cross and the message of the cross, it's the people of God. In chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, talking to the 1 Corinthians, Paul says to them essentially, you know, you guys weren't very impressive yourselves when I came to you. And yet, he says, you are lacking in no spiritual gift. This paradox. And then himself, a picture of the power and weakness, his unimpressive delivery and yet chosen by God, sent by God, with the privilege of proclaiming the foolish, glorious wisdom of the cross. As Paul said in the previous chapter, for God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong and the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And so Paul preaches in his weakness through his weakness, despite his weakness, because it's not about the shoddy wrapping paper. It's about the priceless gift. It's not about the mediocre medium. It's about the life-giving, life-changing message. It's about Jesus. Now, what, is, what does that mean for us? What's that, what's that say to us in our situation? As here we are, in this world, and this, this, all this information, struggling to get noticed. Here we are in our, our spoon, our weakness, our little monologues. What, what, are, we, what are we doing? We have our, our, our little monologues and as carefully crafted as, as we could make them to be. As, as, as winsomely worded, is, oh yeah, the fact that God uses weakness and his power is in weakness is never an excuse for laziness with the text, laziness with the culture, laziness with the homiletical task. No. We, we strive because we want to make a connection. We want to deliver this Christ crucified. So we struggle and we strive with, with, with our little monologue. And we want to speak to the culture in its forms. And so, and so as we're able, we may dress it up with, with slides and video clips and drama and fill-ins and outlines and dialogues and whatever. It's all good. So we can get a hearing in the cacophonous crowd. But you know, when we, we've done all of our best and we've, we've, we've put together the best we possibly can, it's still just a spoonful. And it's an ocean out there. It's like a, a single rose that we're, we're holding up on a, on a crowded, busy city street and it's meager little fragrance amidst the, the exhaust fumes and the restaurants and the waste and the garbage and we're holding it up there. You know, it's like a, like a single grain of salt that we're, we're tossing into a big bowl of jambalaya. It's like one voice speaking in a stadium of shouting spectators struggling to be heard, to be remembered, to make a difference. So what do we do? We preach. Like Paul, determined to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified, we proclaim. 
in our weakness, through our weakness, despite our weakness, we hold out our spoon and we proclaim Christ. Because in and through our weakness, the power of God is there. We hold out our meager little spoon to that ocean, our meager spoon of water, because it's living water, fresh water, the only fresh water in that salty ocean of death. We hold up our rose on that city street because it is the fragrance of life amidst the stench of death. We toss our little grain of salt in that jambalaya because it's the only preservative that lasts to eternity. And we speak. We speak in that stadium because in proclaiming Christ crucified, the power of God for the salvation of the world, for the salvation of those who believe, is incarnate in our weak and faltering words. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard time to be a preacher. We are weak. A man... What a privilege that in my weakness, through my weakness, despite my weakness, the very power of God for the life of the world at work. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all the petabytes and exabytes of all the world's wisdom, Bless you, fill you, and give you joy. Amen.